baseball, basketball, wiener dog, short shorts, cigarette. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's the Fantasy Keeper League Pod, episode 12, week 14. As always, I'm your host, Khan Khatri. Joined to my right, the usual, Mikael Mama Khatri. Hello again. So, I know we had a break last week in the pod. So, the reason for that was the season got kind of crunched. There really wasn't that much going on on a week-to-week basis, especially leading up to the playoffs that we didn't think having two separate pods for the weeks. It was Thanksgiving also. Yeah, and so we weren't we needed really a break. trying to put in that much work. Yeah, exactly. So we're back this week to talk about what happened the last two weeks, um, how it kind of you know shaped the playoff picture. Then we'll launch into what we predict for the playoffs for each of the matchups. Then we'll have a surprise uh, special segment to hear from some of the different playoff teams. And finally, we'll end with a 2020 preview, talking about keepers, teams, contenders, non-contenders. So definitely stay tuned for that. So without further ado, toss it over to my co-host for the recap. Thank you. So before I get into this recap, um, I just want to say I remembered the foundation of this podcast like it was yesterday when uh, all of you came up to me. You said, basically, you know, would you do us the honor of creating a podcast for our league there's no one in our league more better suited to co-host than you you're so funny you're so good at fantasy football uh you have such a good speaking voice you never mumble you know exactly once i end a joke you never keep a joke lingering for longer than it has to so once again please would you do us the honor of creating a podcast for us and i remember i looked at you and i said okay but i'm gonna need a rock star co-host. <laughs> so point out to me the one best suited for that role. And you all pointed to Kant, yours truly. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> his own truly. So yeah, um, just want to say thank you everyone for listening. Uh, if you listened every week or just tune in once in a while, it means a great deal to us. We worked hard to give you a very good product. Um, staying up late, not too late, not past like 11 or anything yeah, like no. that, but still um, working very hard to give you something listenable and good. So thanks again for listening. Um, on to the recap for week 12 and week 11. Basically, I uh, want to look back at the predictions that I made for who was going to get the first round by and also who was going to end up being the fifth and sixth spot. So in week 12, it actually went counter against my predictions for everyone winning that week because John Edelman lost to me, which was actually a great win for my team and one that I'll brag about later in the uh, next segment. But uh, John lost to me, and then Jimmy also lost to John Paulino, which was arguably a bigger surprise um, considering Jimmy was firing on all cylinders there. 
uh, I guess with the exception of Pat Mahomes being on his bye. But other than that, Mishi and Khan both won that week. And in week 13, we had John losing again and uh, everyone else winning. So the final standings ended up being a little bit different, or I guess a whole lot different than I predicted, because I said, first of all, Mishi was going to lose the first round bye, but he ended up being first overall with actually a two-game uh, yep, margin. Two. Yeah, 11-2 and two record. Everyone else was 9-4. and four. Um, and that means that the second place, Jimmy, who also got a bye, was the one who had the most uh, the points tiebreaker. Um, and I guess, Kant, you had two fewer points than Jimmy, so you end up being third. Less than two fewer points than Jimmy, <laughs> and I end up being third, which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Well, we're talking about a first-round bias at stake. And uh, John Elman slid, had a three-game skid in which he failed to reach 100 points in either of those weeks to end up in fourth place. So I think that is probably the biggest surprise was John <clears throat> not only not ending up with a first-round buy, but falling all the way to fourth. Um, do you have any thoughts on like what happened to his team the last three weeks? Um, whenever John said Jim blew his load too early, that he was must have been talking <laughs> yeah. to a fucking mirror on that <laughs> podcast. But, uh, because I was actually at John's house uh, earlier today, and we were just kind of like talking about that. And he had the whole strategy of like boomer bus players, and yeah. I think I might have said it initially. What happens if every people bust at the same time, mm-hmm. and that's basically what's been happening to his team recently. Yeah, and he just hasn't had like the top end talent to uh, sustain it. Yeah, it's it's crazy because when he traded for Julio Jones, he was basically saying, "I want to have a, a lineup of you know heavy hitters, and then have like one or two bench players that will be starters on their team just as a backup yep. if injury happens." And injury did happen to his team, but it hit him like all at once uh james connor went out like hasn't been hasn't been uh, seen since sense. yeah he's been in and out of games um obviously austin hooper getting injured like immediately after you trade away hunter henry was uh was pretty funny i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> um had travis Kelsey at one point yeah uh julio jones ended up missing i think the game last week the, the game last week but he was just he's just like hasn't been the same uh, he's been, he's been Julio Jones. He's been the Julio Jones that's in between the breakout Julio Jones weeks that like justifies him being like one of the best receivers. Uh, Amari Cooper is either like playing half the snaps or like leaving the field due to injury, or getting shut down by Stephon Gilmore and Trey White. So yeah, it's just like I don't want to say like perfect storm because I feel like the term gets overused too much, but it yeah. was really like a, a lot of things happening at the same time and. It doesn't really look like it's going away in the playoffs. I mean, like Aaron Jones, the one, the guy that is playing for him, um, his work share keeps getting smaller and smaller, right? right. Um, Mike Evans is still Mike Evans, but you just like you're He's never comfortable with him. Like, yeah, I mean, Jameis Winston's there. Uh, more importantly, Chris Godwin is there. Like, it, like any given week, it's it's like one or the other. Um, uh, all which is to say, like, I think Ilya ended up in a very prime position to kind of mm-hmm. go all the way. Uh-huh. Um, I don't want <clears throat> to disrespect Mishi's team too much, but I think, first of all, Ilya has the easiest 
first round matchup with John John's team as it is now. So if he wins, he goes up goes on to play Mishi. And again, I don't want to disrespect Mishi's team too much, but I think um, Jimmy's team is the better one out of those two. Well, if you don't want to disrespect it, I fucking will. Um, Mishi's team for the year put up how many points? Go down. Just click on the standings. Wow. Yeah, a good 70 points less. Actually, yeah, Ilya ended up putting up more points for the season than uh, Mishi did. No, that's not Ilya. That's actually John. Oh, John. Ilya's bad sushi. Oh, shit. Never mind. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we do. It's not how, how, you, let's, let's it's not how you start. Two, it's how you finish. Let's call out two uh, playoff te- team name changes. John <laughs> going from Chubb something to Indianapolis. Ilya. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then B going from Juju Jet Planes to... So the whole thing with DK Metcalf was um, Vinny Testatory or whatever called him Decaf Metcalf <laughs> during, during the actual game. But I wasn't like, I, that wasn't enough of a fuck up for me. So now he's, he's actually Decaf Metcalf. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be my team name going forward. Nice. I, won, wh- I wonder why it's Indianapolis, Ilias. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. But, like, see, that, like, alliteration just works, like, better than, like, sometimes yeah. trying to get, like, something fidgety in there. All right, yeah. Ilias, I guess we could talk about the, the playoff forecast later, but I just want to say I think Ilya is a yeah. dark horse candidate for sure. Um, the other biggest surprise besides John's three-game slide um, was Mishi actually holding on to the number one seed. Um, I think... Yeah, the competition was pretty stacked, but he was able to come out around top. Um, that's just, I guess, the magic of Christian McCaffrey and or um, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, yeah. Because actually, yeah, Mark Ingram too. He isn't that good. Fucking be- no, he's a beast, man. He, if he's not good on the ground, then he catches like a receiving touchdown. But um, again, like I'm thinking that. Mark Inger is actually so good that it might be a first-round keeper next week for next year for Mishi's team. When did he draft him? He drafted him in the fourth round. Uh, so Mishi, with the 12th uh, overall pick, can keep Mark Ingram. I think if you yeah, look, if you like, try to forecast good, yeah. the next be first-round quarterbacks for ne- first first-round running backs for next season, mm-hmm. I think Mark Ingram is in that top 12 range, right? I mean, he's put up less than 10 points. Le- uh, three out of his last six games. He's also put up like yeah, but, 20 or more two out of them. Yeah, exactly. So he has an interesting range. He might be an interesting option to be kept. Well, the I mean, the bad week came against San Francisco, which I think is to be expected. He's um, had bad weeks against like Cincinnati. And then he has Cleveland and Pittsburgh left and Buffalo. So it's not like he has like easy matchups. Going actually, the, the Jets week 14. The Jets are like allowing 2.7 yards yeah. per carry, surprisingly. Oh, to really? Like a stout run defense. Yeah, that's that's a that's a tough matchup, too. I don't know. I'm, fa- I'm fading on Mark Ingram the rest of the season, mm-hmm. to be quite honest. Just based on the matchup. So there you go. Guys. I mean, more fuel for fire for Ilya's team, I guess. Yeah. Um, performances of note, uh, Week 12, because we didn't really have anything too crazy happen Week 13. No. Uh, Ilya had 191 points Week 12, which I feel like we should give a shout-out to, because that's a lot of points. Basically solidified his... Um, his playoff seed because even if he didn't get to like seven wins he still had the points tiebreaker over everyone else 
Um, and on the flip side, I just want to give a shout out to Ant's 44 points week 12. I just feel like we have to uh, mention it because I've never really seen anything happen like this in the PPR league. Like, yeah. if you go to his team, there was no one who was injured. Yeah, you know, there was no one who he team. left accidentally in who was, like, uh, benched or whatever yet. Yeah. It was, like, everyone going into the game and coming out of it completely healthy, but right. just, like, a complete disaster. Like, you could not have picked the worst team to start <laughs> if you were trying to do it on purpose. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's... That's what I have for the uh, first round by analysis. And then just a quick rundown of the five to six spot, what happened. Um, I said Ilya was going to go win-win-loss, which ended up being completely right. Also, Jeff said Jeff was going to go win-loss-loss, which was also completely right. Uh, Ant was loss-loss-win, but he had a brutal three-game losing streak, um, you know, complete with the 44-point performance in Week 12. He also, I think, didn't reach, like, 90 points in either of those weeks so <laughs> completely fraudulent team that we all knew it was going to be from the start of course um but with a good keeper and next year situation as we'll talk about later um john paulino i had him penned for three losses because he had a crazy tough schedule um he actually beat john and jimmy and had the points tiebreaker over me which was very um I guess I was like proud of him because that was like a very nice yeah, he's yeah. record. Yeah. So I, I was actually worried because, um, like I said, he had the points tiebreak over me. But my week eleven win over John Edelman proved to be the difference. And um, let, let's just rewind to week eleven. I want to brag for like thirty seconds. I had Melvin Gordon, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Adam Thielen all on by slash injured. Oh wow! It was Golden Tate. I had him on my. Uh, bench the whole year he had a four game suspension start year never never uh cut him or anything um then he came back started being productive he was like as productive as Devonte adams was for uh like the first six weeks that he came back or something like that mm-hmm. um but i just never had a chance to start him finally it was his opportunity i threw him in there he had 333 and a touchdown i had to leave the game with a concussion but i was so proud of him so proud of josh allen and john brown um, going up against Miami, giving me like a combined 50 points. Um, yeah, I mean, it was good shit. It was like, that's when I knew that I was destined for the playoffs. It's about to go down. That's about to go down, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I said that I was going to go win-loss win, but uh, I did end up going on the three-game winning streak to close up the sixth seed, and that's where we are now. Awesome. So going forward, we're going to talk about the upcoming playoff matchups between the the four teams for the first round and then like the six for the overall. Um, I thought the best way to really go about this format is to talk about the two games kind of, you know, happening in each of the weeks, uh, get our thoughts on what's going to happen. And based off that, we can talk about who the winner is going to face uh, yeah, yeah. week 15. Yep. I'm not as concerned about talking about a week 16 matchup between two people just because it's so far out to predict. Yeah. Uh, but I think just giving um, each of our opinions on who do we think can go um, all the way as the culminating part of it yeah. will uh, tie it up nicely. So let's start off with our matchup. It's me versus you, Decalf Metcalf versus Fournette Flixen Hill. <laughs> Which one is the, like, the hardest one? 
Um, I will go in your traditional format this time, just because uh, there's really two uh, matchups this to discuss. Is, this is such a good matchup, too. It's really it's, good it's, matchup. It's so close. Um, so at the quarterback position, we have Jameis Winston going up against Carson Wentz. Um, a quarterbacks who have had tumultuous seasons and not parallel ones, but they've had their ups and downs. Yeah, uh, in different ways. Winston has been primarily responsible for the majority of his, and Wentz has been responsible for some of his. Yeah. But they've kind of both come in to uh, a friendly matchup on Wentz's part and then just like a Jameis Winston matchup on Jameis Winston's part um, that I really, like, in my mind, this is a toss-up and I don't necessarily see this going one way or the other. Yeah, so, I mean, Winston all season, he's been... um... He's been thrown a deep with varying success, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of interceptions, a lot of yards. Carson Wentz is like as polar of an opposite as you could get from that because he doesn't, he does fumble the ball, but he doesn't throw interceptions. Yeah, he doesn't, um, he's a tight. He, he has a surprising amount of touchdowns for someone in such a shitty offense. He has 20 touchdowns on the season, which I think is a pretty healthy amount, but the yardage isn't there. Yeah, he's just so. throwing like strikes just the whole way through. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like the most impressive throw was like a 15-yard touchdown to a JJ Arthega Whiteside yeah. running back to him. Like it's like nothing crazy like Winston is doing. Um, Meanwhile, so, Winston was throw is throwing for like 300 yards. Before last game, he had gone for 300 yards like six games in a row. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, this is like <laughs> this is a toss-up for sure. Um, but in in. Like, Wentz has a safe floor here, right? Like, yeah. he's, he's pretty much proven that, like... Uh, Wentz might not lose you the game. Yeah. Winston might definitely lose me the game. Um, but I think Winston just has, like, the higher end. Uh, the, the the top side performance, oh, yeah, yeah. like, yep. is higher for him. Uh, moving on to wide receivers, we have DJ Moore and John John Edelman. Julian Edelman on my <laughs> side. Taking on Tyree Kill and John Brown on your end. Yeah. So this is pretty interesting, because I think if you would have asked me this... At the beginning of the year, just for like Hill and more, I would have been like, obviously Tyreek Hill. Based on how the past few weeks have gone for more Hill and then who Hill's facing this week, yep. I'm giving the edge to more in this matchup. What yeah, it's it's all about matchups here. Um, I think for both receivers, I'd rather have someone going up against Atlanta and um, Kansas City than going up against New England defense and Baltimore defense. So... I don't know. I think Tyree Kill will get his because from I haven't really like researched who's going to be covering him too much. But from what I've seen, it's not going to be Gilmore because he like simply can't keep up with him. Oh, they really? Have a, they oh. have a slot corner who, like Jonathan Jones, I think, who has a four-two-four forty time. So they're going to try to stick him on Hill. So I don't know if that you know it's not Gilmore, but it's someone who's even faster than Gilmore to try to. Um, neutralize Hill's strength. So I have no idea what's going to happen, but I'm sure like Bill Belichick is. Well, there's a fifty percent chance. Nights. There's a fifty percent chance that the Patriots take away your best option and then make you beat you with Hardman or Robinson. But then the other fifty percent chance is they make you only beat you by the main guy and right. let him go off and not let the other guys go off. So for fantasy purposes, it's just like I'm averaging them out to yeah. say like he's going to have an okay game. Yeah. Um, and I think more is just. DJ Moore, he's like fourth in the league. He's like exceeded all expectations. He's really, really good. And no one's like talking about him. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's <clears throat> Kyle Allen proof, which is wild. Like, I love Tyree Kill, but yeah, that's, it's tough for me to say, like, I feel like super confident about him. Yeah. And then the second receiver matchup, Julian Edelman versus John Brown. Like, John Brown 
has been consistent he's been good. as hell. But like last week, if he didn't throw a passing touchdown, he would have ended up with five point six points. So he's um, there is still like that danger there, and going up against like Ravens good defense. Um, like I would just rather have Julian Edelman go against the Chiefs, you know. So I think you have the receiver matchup. Yep. And moving on to running backs, uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Chris Carson going up against Leonard Fournette and Melvin Gordon. Um, this one, I think, ended up being more of a wash than I originally anticipated. If this was like two weeks ago, I would have definitely picked me. But with re- Carson's recent fumble troubles and Penny getting about 40% of like the snap count in, right. in Seattle, that's really kind of tapered off Carson's value. And Zeke has just been like... I don't want to say underperforming because he puts up, you know, like 20 points. Yeah, but yeah he I was thinking exactly that. He hasn't been, like, game-breaking. Um, like, he's kind of fell down from what he was supposed to average, and Leonard Fournette has kind of met what he was – he has kind of exceeded slightly, which yeah. some people thought he would have averaged. So those two, like, canceling out, and then I think Carson and Melvin, I, I see them in, like, similar formats um, at this point for the rest of the season. Yeah. I'm giving that, like, somewhere to the quarterback, just like a wash at that point. Yeah, so first of all, Elliot. Every time you watch a Cowboys game, uh, the announcers are like, they're just not using they him right. And, yeah, but, it, but then you look at his fantasy points, and it's always like 25 points because it's, it's always like, like it's always top heavy. Like they'll be like they'll get a 20 point lead or something, and he'll have like 20 rushing yard, 20 yeah. rushing attempts, and then last like two quarters he has like five. Yeah, like five. yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of keeping him from being like the elite first yeah. overall running back. But yeah, I mean with Carson, I think Penny definitely outperformed him last week, right? So yeah. would you ever consider like starting Penny this week? Oh, I'm definitely. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that in the next mm-hmm. thing, but I'm definitely starting Richard Penny this week. Okay. But Chris Carson still had, even with Richard Penny starting, he still had 19 points. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny because he gave up the uh, touchdown for Penny, right? Yeah. So that if you have both, that that doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. So both we'll actually. So moving on from that to the no. Well, I want uh, uh, real quick. I just want to mention, like, if we want to talk about matchups, like we did for receivers. Um, Fournette versus Chargers, and more importantly, Melvin Gordon versus the Jaguars, who are doing their yearly defense falling apart thing. Um, I'll say, are they getting better or worse? They're I never getting know. worse. They're Derek, getting worse. I think Derrick Henry destroyed them um, last week. And was that the game last week, or who did they play last week? They played the Bucks actually. So I think Tampa Bay... Uh, I don't know if they did well on the ground. I do know that um, Pam and Barber had two rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, the week before, yeah, they completely fell apart against uh, Derrick Henry. And I think they're basically so easy to run on team Go at back this point. Each other. Got so it. Got it. in terms of matchups, I think, yeah, like all four are good running backs. It's the playoffs. You have to look at the matchups at this point, I think. Yeah. So I think that's why I'm giving the slight edge to my guys. Okay. And then moving on to the slot, slot, the flex and the tight end positions, I have Darren Waller and Richard Penny going up against Travis Kelsey and Devontae Freeman. Oh, yeah, so finally. <laughs> finally, you get a chance to play this your boy Freeman. Just like I planned, this is the one week he's going up against a, a bad defense. Um, so Darren Waller obviously been my, you know, find of the year for me. He's been pretty consistent, like a tight end one the rest of the season. Obviously, he doesn't really match up to Travis Kelsey, but he'll, he'll get to be like 80% of the way there, I would say. 
especially with Kelsey's matchup against um, New England. Yeah. And then I decided to start Rashard Penny because the Seahawks are third in the NFL in rushing yards per game, and he's cutting up more into that timeshare. So I think I do want to be in a position to benefit from that because if I look at my bench, the people I can start versus Penny are DK Metcalf, David Montgomery, or Mike Williams, and I'm not going to be starting any of those people most likely. yeah. Um, and then you have Devontae Freeman going up against Carolina, whom the actual backfield I haven't heard too much about. But the edge I'm giving myself here, and this might be like a cop-out way to do it, but basically the reason I'm starting Penny is, you know, for that production that I'm going to get out of, out of like the running game. So if this is competitive, I'm giving myself the edge. But there is like that possibility that Penny has a fucking dud, and mm-hmm. it just ends up being like overkill. So I'm I am worried about Terry Kill going up against the Patriots. I'm not really worried about Travis Kelsey going up against the Patriots, because um, I think if if I'm Bill Belichick oh, and I'm you trying two, to neutralize, you have two Kansas City players against New England, huh? Yeah, that game is gonna be. Very pivotal. Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm trying to neutralize one of those two guys. Right. I think I'm leaning towards Hill. Okay. You know, I let Kelsey pick up the underneath stuff, but just don't um, don't give up the big ones to Hill. Uh-huh. So, and I mean, Kelsey has been more consistent all season anyway. So I think um, I don't know. I mean, also looking at looking at who Darren Waller's playing, I, I feel like Tennessee is a good defense too. Um, so I don't know. I think Kelsey has shown enough, like being the number one overall tight end, to kind of be at least uh, uh, on Waller's level, even with the matchup. Uh, and then the flex, you just you have the, the a starter going up against the second string guy at the end of it, really. Uh, like I don't know if that situation where they had three touchdowns between the two of them with Penny and Carson is going to happen again. Um, Versus Devontae Freeman, at least, is like a guaranteed, you know, barring injury, like 17 touches this game. Um, so I don't know. I mean... I don't think Devontae Freeman breaks 10 points. <laughs> I, feel, I feel confident. I feel like this is, uh, this is why I got him, and he knows it. You want so. me to, do you want me to play David Montgomery instead? Instead of uh, Who's he Richard playing? Penny. He's Dallas. playing Dallas. Tomorrow. But he, le- he legitimately gets like 17 touches a game like no matter what. Yeah. Like it's going to be basically strategy like you playing Devontae Freeman versus me. So Montgomery is Freeman but like catching fewer passes but also yeah. having more, more rushing touches. touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I would give like those last two guys to me um, which means that overall I think I – would have more checks on my side to win. Yeah, I'm still giving it to me just based <laughs> on the fact that if I go top to bottom, it's like Carson Wentz playing in a, in, a, in a rainy game. You have two Kansas City players going up against New England, and I don't feel comfortable about that. John Brown going up against Baltimore, I don't feel comfortable about that. And then this Fournette-Melvin Gordon game within each other. I just see, like, if you have the Patriots game and the Chargers game be low-scoring games, like, that could end up being the season right there. Right. So you really are hoping for um, those games to, like, explode, and then that'll obviously, like, ride you to victory. I'm just betting on, like, having my chips scattered across more more games and hoping to um, maximize the ones where there's, like, higher-scoring output. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
Dude, it's really close, man. Oof. You gotta move on. I can't look at this anymore. Yeah. Um, okay. So the other matchup going on is going to be Ilya versus John Edelman. So for that, we're gonna start off with the quarterbacks. We have Aaron Rodgers, most likely John will play, right? Yeah, sure. Um, going up against Lamar Jackson. Um, at this point, even though Aaron Rodgers had a really good game last week and Washington is really easy to beat, just based on how the rest of the season has gone for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers' fantasy output, I'm definitely giving the edge to Lamar Jackson there. Uh, what was Lamar Jackson's uh, score last points of the last he had this worst game, probably like a, not his worst. Yeah, a hundred five passing yards yeah. the whole game, and he still ended up with twenty five points. That's yeah. his absolute floor yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, definitely. Um, the given the edge to Lamar Jackson here. Uh, moving on, Ilya has Chris Godwin and Tyler Boyd going up against Mike Evans and Amari Cooper for John. As far as I know, Amari Cooper is slated to play against yeah. Chicago, um, and I don't see any other injuries news other than the fact that Tyler Boyd is finally getting Andy Dalton back for a second game who he's generally had better luck with than um, than Finley that being said just based on having Jameis Winston as my quarterback for uh, both these Godwin and Tampa Bay guys I'm going to give the edge to John just because I think Amari Cooper beats Tyler Boyd out by a lot and I think it's going to be a Mike Evans bounce back game not a Chris Godwin bounce back game so my very important question is, do the Indianapolis Colts play man or zone? Uh, <laughs> I have no because idea. Because that is the difference between this being a Mike Evans game or a Chris yeah. Godwin game. <laughs> Who's the guy that uh, actually does well? The man guy is Mike Evans. The zone guy is Chris Godwin, I think. I don't know how to look this up super fast, but... Uh, yeah, if you know the answer, then that's who I'm giving the advantage Well, they're primarily to. <laughs> they're primarily a zone-heavy defense, Ooh. but but they'll they'll mix it up. Like against the Chiefs, they flipped it up, and that's how they beat them, I think. All right. Well, based on the data that we have, this if there's zone, it might go towards Chris Godwin. Okay, we'll see. Um, <laughs> and then we have Tyler Boyd versus Amari Cooper. I don't know how I feel about Cooper because if he's he, healthy, does, he doesn't have the injury designation. Um, but he's just not healthy. I think he's doing a contract year thing where he's just playing through and denying like right. all possible things. <laughs> um, versus Tyler Boyd, yeah. I mean, besides the one week where he had like one target, uh, no catches. Uh, yeah, he's been, he's pretty, been pretty, solid. pretty reliable overall. Yeah. Um, so yeah, based on like the Colts defense, uh, I think this is kind of a wash. Okay, uh, moving on to David Singletary and Stephon Barkley for Ilya, going up against Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones for John. This was, once again, a matchup where I think it came back to what you would have said at the end of the season, which, at least in my mind, I thought David Singletary was going to have like, a good year and Saquon Barkley was going to have a good year. Yeah. And like Nick Chubb and like Aaron Jones I thought would have good years, but I thought Saquon Barkley would just be so good. Um, I think at the end of the day, I'm going to give this to Ilya because Singletary's been rising – Saquon Barkley is going to get Eli Manning back, which I think just helps his floor immensely, just having a competent quarterback back there. And Nick Chubb and Aaron... You just call Eli Manning a competent quarterback. Relative to Daniel Jones, yes. Have you seen the splits, <laughs> have you seen the splits for Odell and, and uh, Saquon with 
and without Eli. Yeah, yeah. Like 30% better. That might just be like Pat Shermer versus not Pat Shermer, though. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I think Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb have kind of been fading recently, so I'm giving the edge to Elliott there. I'm, I'm sensing um, a breakout Saquon Barkley performance mm-hmm. where he just breaks our back and oh, just man. completely... That would be really bad yeah, if Elliott like, like, decided to do that this time of year. <laughs> just like completely um, turns the city of Philadelphia into uh, you know, the most depressed place yeah. on earth. Just completely kicks us out of the race. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, on John's side, yeah. I mean, Nick Chubb, he's actually gotten more carries with Kareem Hunt back, but I feel like something is something has gone away from him. Like, he's not getting receiving work. It seems like, like two of the three weeks... Oh, he's not getting receiving... Points, he did, he's caught, like, two passes. Yeah, like he's, he's not the, like, main option in the red zone anymore. They try to do, like... Yeah, uh, Kareem Hunt is vacuuming all that up. Uh, and Aaron Jones, like I said, like, not really trending in the right direction. It's like, no matter who his coach is, they're like, we have to get him more involved. And I just, like, completely forget how to do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um... Who's Devin Singletary playing? Uh, Baltimore? The Ravens defense. Ooh, that's, a, that's a tough one. Uh, but he's... Yeah, I think I think I, I would give Ilya the slight edge here, too. Just based on, like, the trends of... Yep. Like, three, three out of four of these players are trending down, and the one guy who's trending up is on Ilya's team, so... And then rounding it out, um, in the tight end position and flex, we have Zach Ertz and Kenny Drake for Ilya going up against Austin Hooper and Julio Jones for John. Um, this is a really interesting matchup because I think on John's side, you have like two quote unquote like number one position players. Yeah. Like Hooper was the number one tight end going into whenever he got injured. And Julio Jones is Julio Jones. Um, but then Ilya's like really cobbled together this Kendrick Drake like coming in to Arizona, scratching out some playing time. And then Zach Ertz kind of, like, coming, regressing back to the mean of actually being good. Yeah. So uh, this would be another thing where I initially might want to give Ilya the edge just based off of, like, the recent players are rising. But I think eventually, like, self-correction happens. And I think, like, the raw talent of, like, Lydia Jones and Hooper, based on what he's done at the beginning of the season, is over is going to overshadow what um, happens otherwise. And that's if John doesn't get the play. Um, James Conner. Yeah, so there are a lot of questions, right? Yeah. I mean, does Austin Hooper play? Does Julio Jones play? Does James Conner play? Because um, <clears throat> I think, I don't know, I, if James Conner's healthy for this game against Arizona, I would think that I would start him uh, somewhere. Actually, yeah, John seems so deep that he might not have a starting spot. Yeah, on his team anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if Julio Jones doesn't play, then. Hopefully Connor plays for John. Um, it's tough to say at this point, but like, yeah, let's just assume that both those guys play. Um, I don't know. Uh, I just think John has like better options at the end of the day. Yeah, like, I don't think. Well, there. yeah, I don't think Zach Ertz looked good last week. First yeah. of all, and he was like dealing with that hamstring injury. I don't know if that's what was bothering bothering him, but he dropped like two very catchable passes. Mm-hmm. Um, at least one of those two were for touchdowns, so uh, I, don't, I don't know what's up with him. Uh, I have no idea what the uh, Arizona running back situation is at this point. I think Chase Edmonds might be back, yeah. and it might be like a three-headed or two-and-a-half-headed two monster, monster at this point. Um, I think, yeah, based on like the track record of Hooper, 
And Julio Jones, if they're both back, then I have to give the edge to John there. Yeah, so I think at the end of the day, this, once again, similar to our matchup, I can so see close. this really going Don't either way. Don't you love the playoffs? So yeah, I, I'm really glad like both these matches ended up like being being that they were and like for the sake of the pod like we can move on to the, to the next rounds but i don't necessarily think we need to go into as deep of a dive like four times on like what the matchups are yeah. but just like staying on this side of the bracket between john and Ilya, the winner will go on to face mishi kind kind of just having like in the back of our minds you know the the two teams in our head yeah mishi is going to be boasting the number one overall record with deshaun washington as his quarterback um his wide receivers are Jarvis Landry and Stephon Diggs, Christian McCaffrey, Mark Ingram as running backs, Hunter Henry the tight end. And for now, he has D.D. Westbrook slotted in as his um, flex, but that could be Raheem Mozart, James Washington, or potentially even Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, by Terry McLaurin. Terry, yeah. Against I mean, the Eagles, are you kidding me? It's going to be a three-touchdown game. Dwayne Haskins is so fucking bad. It doesn't matter. Just uh, throw it up. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, John's team, like, kind of stacking up against this is, like, I think the one with there's less holes across the board. I think Mishi's pr- not pretty, but not as strong as you would think at wide receiver. Like, I know Jarvis Landry has had a better season than Odell Beckham, yeah. but he's also a regression candidate in my mind just because I don't necessarily see the reason why this would necessarily, like, keep up. Um, with Minnesota and Stephon Diggs. With, Stephon Diggs is the weirdest, like, He started off so good. One. But then now with like Thielen's gonna come back as well. I'm, he's not. He's. I think he's done for the year. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. So I think Mishu definitely needs help at wide receiver to, to the point where John obviously has um, better wide receivers right. than him. And I think between like Ilya and him, it can be a little bit of a wash because I'm already forgetting who this man had on his team. But I don't think it was Chris Godwin, Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit better. Kenyon Drake in his flex. Um, he does have, I think, the advantage at running back against um, most people just because of like Christian McCaffrey's floor. He's always going to give you 25 to 30 points, and Mark Ingram is going to pile it up on top of that. Yeah. So I think he's really strong there. I think he's really strong at the quarterback position with John Watson. So Mishi and Ilya are relying on similar strategies of like top-end tier uh, QB talent and then like strong running backs mm-hmm. to, to push them through. So I think that'll just be an interesting matchup because I want to see like it'll be a culmination of the trade like happening yeah. again it'll be just a, such a good like parallel matchup across the board so that's the one i'd definitely be most interested in seeing happen versus uh Ilya, right? versus Ilya, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah against mishi yeah versus Ilya would be more interesting because there's a lot of like flex consideration happening i just think these um, match the trash talk potential like <laughs> just how comfortable Ilya and mishi yeah. are about saying extremely terrible things to one another could unrepeatable to, yeah things just can make for just some to like burn the group chat it's really afterwards. good drama uh yeah i mean the the thing that sticks out with mishi's team is like the top heaviness of deshaun watson and christian mccaffrey leading it week in week out um and then mark ingram like chipping in other than that it's like stefan diggs is a boomer bust guy uh, Jarvis Landry has <clears throat> started being more consistent, but he was boomer bust before. Uh, like you said, regression candidate for sure. Um, Hunter Henry, like steady as it goes. But then it's like in the flex, if you have to pick between like Didi, Terry, yeah, Alshon, Raheem Mostert, it's going to be like, a, it's it's a tough decision. It's like you never 
like making those kind of decisions. Nope, I don't feel comfortable um, with any of those guys. Right but now. I guess if you if you're looking at like the matchups because it's like the playoffs and that's what you have to do at this point. Like I would heavily consider Terry McLaurin. I know it's like Dwayne Haskins, but it's if we play if we keep playing like single yeah. high safety, <laughs> it, it's literally a matter of yeah. throw the ball like up a, as fast as far and high as you can and just like, like an unmovable. A movable object meets a stoppable force. Yeah. Like, who's going to win? I don't um, know. I'll, these are so fucking close. Like, whoever wins is going to yeah. be in a close matchup with Nishi, yeah. Um, okay. I, I'm sorry, but that's just, like, my number yeah. one thought. Just, like, <laughs> no one, like, snuck in. Gonna no like one, like, it. doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs. Everyone um, just has, like, a solid team. And then on the other side, uh, between you and I, once again, a 50-50 matchup, it's, we're going to go up against Jim, who's going to boast Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, Devontae Adams, it. and Keenan Allen at wide receiver. What the Alvin fuck? Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook at running back, Andrews the tight end, then DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> God damn. with Kenny Galladay on his fucking bench. Yeah. Um, just, that is just repeat the words DeAndre Hopkins in the flex. Complete murderer's <laughs> row of options. Just everyone is like a 90% or like almost highest like starter on his team. They're they're going to be hard to beat, right? Like this would have been the week they? to beat these players like put together. This would have been the week to play Jim because Patrick Mahomes is going up against New England and you could potentially see yeah. his, his output get capped over there. Yeah. Um, he does have Denver in week 15, but I don't, I just think like yeah, Patrick Mahomes is yeah. defense proof at that point. Uh, Devontae Adams is finally like rounding back into shape with Aaron Rodgers playing well. Keenan Allen just always steady. Keenan Allen putting up with twenty or so points. Alvin Kamara is the one guy who's Kamara's actually been down, yeah. but similar to how Jarvis Landry was a regression candidate, I can see Kamara going the opposite way. Just if like the Saints. Oh running. yeah, once again playing uh, San Francisco this week, but he's on bye, so yeah. Jimmy's also gonna. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is the one you got to monitor. Um, he left with some kind of injury in the game last week and it could be a situation where like he gets a couple like drives or carries and he has like discovered again and they like sit him just to be um safe for the playoffs or for the rest of the season depending on like where vikings are in in the division so that's gonna be something interesting to monitor but otherwise deandre hopkins is still gonna put put up like minimum 18 points so all that to say is i only see the only way I can see a beating Jim is having like a couple like forty point performances um, from your teams, and I think it just boils down to like which one of us two has more of those players. Yeah. So when I th- think about that, I think of like Jameis Winston is definitely that guy. Tyree Kill is definitely that guy. Ezekiel Elliott. That really might. I think I have more be, like maybe like good maybe floor like guys points. and high ceiling guys. Yeah. Yeah. Besides like Tyree Kill. Um, I think the rest of my guys are like just they'll give you a steady fifteen to twenty, yeah. you know. Um, but no, we've said, I mean we've said this all year about Jim's team how stacked it is. But even then, like he's beat me out by two points uh, for the t- the total points for the season. He has been doing doing well recently, but I wish the best of luck to whichever of us has to face. Yeah, him there's just I mean there's week. there's nothing you can focus on to like make me feel better about this. Um, I guess like. When, I mean, the only thing that could potentially swing in drastically in one person's favor is yeah. if Cook actually is hurt next week and Madison becomes a starter and he's on my bench, yeah. that becomes like a 25-point swing in my favor. But by that's about by it. week 15, though, I don't know if it's going to be an issue. 
Uh, I guess, yeah, the only thing you can look at is, like, who has a tough matchup when <clears throat> Jimmy has to play Week 15. Like you mentioned, like, Pat Mahomes going up against Denver. But, A, he's at home, and, B, like, Denver is basically uh, packing up its defense. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys are being, like, ruled out for the season already. Devontae Adams versus Chicago, who's 27 versus receivers. Again, that's, like... Like, if you were to trust any, like, quarterback-receiver combo against a yeah. tough divisional rival, it's, like, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Kamara versus the the Saints, like, he already is, like, putting up, you know, 13 to 19 points most yeah. weeks. So it's not really... Like, Jimmy's team is, like, equipped to, like, handle that already. Dalvin Cook, I don't think, is going to be injured. Mark Andrews... Just went up against the 32-ranked defense against tight ends, a car touchdown. Um, and, yeah, everyone else is just, like, in neutral to favorable situations. Um, so there's just nothing you can point to to be, like, there's a weakness. I do feel comfortable saying the winner is going to come from this side of the bracket just because I think there's just, like, three, two really good teams and then, like, like just in terms of points, like, I think Jim and I are on that level and then you coming in hot for the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely a gauntlet to go through, though. Who would you say is playing Jimmy in the finals in that case? I would say that... It's, I just, it's Mishi. I believe in Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey having, like, 30-point games in this time of, yeah. of year. And I just... I'm not as confident in Ilya's team, and I'm definitely not as confident in John's team. Well, yeah, I'm not confident in John's team either after the three-week performance. Um, I'm going to go with Ilya, though. Mm-hmm. The, there's one thing we haven't talked about yet is Ron Rivera's firing. Okay. With him getting fired, the uh, uh, North Turner becomes goes from, like, offensive coordinator to, head like, head, like, assistant head coach or something. So he's giving offensive coordinator duties to uh, some other younger guys. And there was a tweet that said, you might see him calling plays a bit differently than North Turner. Oh, excellent. And like anything like that cannot mean good news for Christian McCaffrey. And considering how... What if they actually give it to him? <laughs> Even more. <laughs> like, 60, like, I don't think it's humanly possible. No, they're, they're out of the playoffs. Like, I don't think they're going to ride him extremely hard. Uh, unless they're trying to break a record, which even if he goes on like a average pace, I think he's still on set to beat like the yards from scrimmage record or like something like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think ninety five percent of like simulations has good news for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and Mishi's team is very ha- heavily involved with Christian McCaffrey, so it's not good news for him. So if there's, you know, one thing to be worried about. I think it's that um, if you're looking at the Ilya Mishi matchup, <clears throat> which I think is going to happen week 15. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Ilya is my dark horse. So, I think he's going to get second place in our league. Sounds good. Um, I sounds like we're both awarding, awarding the fantasy win to Jim from our objective podcast hats on. And welcome back. Well, guys, there's no guest for today's final episode, but instead of hearing just Hov and I ramble on and on, we did want to make sure everyone heard from the other four respective playoff teams, 
So without further ado, here are rants and tirades for each of those four. What is there to say about my team? Well, over the last three weeks, I haven't topped 100 points once after leading the league in points five out of the first 10 weeks. Uh, if I had to uh, do an outlook of my playoff expectations, I would say that uh, if I were allowed to play in all three rounds, I would go 0 for 3, um, probably averaging around 75 points, which seems to be the norm nowadays. Um, John Edelman's team, five thumbs down. Goodbye. After an up-and-down season, I can't say I'm disappointed to have it ended since I ended up in fifth place somehow. But I, my team has been carried by Lamar Jackson, so my chances for uh, to beat John will literally just rely on Lamar Jackson. Um, he's been putting up pretty much un- unbelievable numbers in the 39s and 40s almost every week. Uh, the wee- few weeks that he hasn't put up great numbers, I generally lose. So last week he put up 25, which is actually a bad number for him, and I lost. So in all likelihood, I'll probably need about in the high 30s to have a chance with this. But you never know. He's definitely more than capable of doing that, though. Buffalo is absolutely a tough matchup. Um, I have Chris Godwin, who's very good. Very, very good. Um, he's He's been a little inconsistent as of late, but he can also blow up at any time. Uh, Tyler Boyd, since he's uh, started yelling at his quarterback he, and coach for not throwing the ball to him, he finally started to step up lately, so he's been good. Um, Singletary might have been my best acquisition of the year. I have a legitimate running back, too, on the roster. And basically, I hope Saquon Barkley gets his fucking shit together because he's been absolute garbage since he's came back from his injury. Ertz, I hope, is much better as well. Um, It really comes down to this Monday night game, the Eagles versus Giants. I have uh, two of my big horses with Barkley and Ertz going, so I I, I need them to blow up to probably have a chance in this. Um, John has a good team. Um, I'm a fan of Nick Chubb, one of my favorite players in the league. Hopefully he doesn't blow up too much today, this next week, but Cincinnati kind of sucks, so he probably will. Um, Aaron Rodgers, pretty good, uh, consistent as it gets, has a very good matchup versus Washington. Uh, Mike Evans, it's going to really be the, the Bucks game. Who decides, to, uh, who does Jameis Winston decide to throw the ball to? Could actually decide this matchup, but Godwin and Evans, uh, it's a complete mess there in Atlanta, but Austin Hooper is definitely consistent. Um, so we'll see what happens there with him between with him and Julio Jones. Um, both are questionable, Julio Jones especially. So hopefully they don't go. Julio Jones doesn't go. Um, it should be a good matchup. Uh, I think of Lamar Jackson, like I said before, will decide who wins this. If he blows up, I should I, I like my chances. If he doesn't, I don't really like them as much. Well, well, well. Look who captured the second seed. It is I, the Mahomes stealer, the cook drafter, the keeper master. And this week, I'll be relaxing, smoking a joint, and watching these lovely games without a care in the world about who wins. Because next week, they're toast. Kant, Chris Carson will sub himself out to make you lose. Hove. Have fun putting up another 112 points. So either way, you guys are toast. And it will be me in the championship, hopefully against John Edelman, so we can settle who is truly the best of the best in this fantasy league.
Yo guys, it's Mishi checking in with my rant about the playoff expectations. So first off, taking a look at where my team ended up. Um, I'm in first place, bitches. That's all I can say. I was honestly fighting for a second place spot. Thought John was going to take first. I was actually fighting for this bye. Somehow John's team has fucking tanked. And now I'm in first place, so run me my money. Um, so yeah, now I have a pretty, pretty tough matchup. Against this bye, I think I'm going to come up with a W, so uh, we'll see. Mm, After that, taking a look at the matchup with, uh, no, with John versus Ilya. I think Ilya's going to take this. John's team has been trending downwards. Don't know what's going on. He has no tight end. Uh, Nick Chubb isn't that great, so... Yeah, John's just on a bad bad trend. We'll see how it goes, but I think Ilya takes this one. Uh, with Hove versus Kant. I mean, I'm rooting for you, Hove, but Kant's team has been pretty good. They're on the up and up. He's got some good players. We'll see what happens, but I'm giving this one to Kant. And then, of course, Jimmy with his bye, but whatever. Uh, next up, so the next round I will have... Kant versus Jimmy, which I think Jimmy's going to take after talking so much shit the entire week. He's going to get into Kant's head. Kant's going to bench David Montgomery, who's somehow going to have a 30-point game. And uh, Jimmy's going to take that. And then it's going to be me and Jimmy in the finals because I'm going to beat Ilya again with the tiebreaker. Revenge game. Lamar's going to have a not-so-great game, but we'll see. He never really does, but banking on it. So it's going to be me, Jimmy, in the finals. I'm going to take it just because Jimmy fucking sucks and no one wants him to win the title. And those are my predictions. Okay, cool. Bye. And welcome back. Now that you've heard from all the various playoff teams and how good or bad they're going to do for the rest of the season, let's talk about our 2020 fantasy football year and some of the keeper options that each of our teams have. Yeah, uh, we also wanted to look at the draft and see who I like extra picks and where. So I guess, first of all, is is the draft order what it was like in, at the end of the regular season or um, do we have to go through the playoffs for that? I think it should be... Is it set now? That's a good question. I have no idea. I'm going to say it's what the well, end of season thing is. For, week for, 16. For the sake of uh, this preview, we'll just go down the order how it stands now so like okay we're gonna give brian the first overall pick um first of all we're gonna look at you know his draft he has an extra second and third round pick uh he doesn't have his eighth and 13th but i guess it doesn't really matter at that point mm-hmm. um potential keepers for him are miko hardman 14th round Devonte parker 14th round aj brown 14th round will fuller seventh round and robert woods in the sixth round so a lot of receivers to choose from. Um, and I think, I mean, he, it's going to be really hard to fuck up that team next year, right? With an extra second round pick and a third and the first overall pick. Yeah, like you pick Christian McCaffrey with your first overall pick, right? You get, <clears throat> he has my second round pick. So he gets like, I don't know, like second, whoever the Leonard Fournette of 2020 years. is, he ends up getting like, whoever, like, on Johnson was pro- projected to be at the end of the second. Um, picks yeah. up a, 
a good receiver in the third, keeps another one, um, or another three, and hopes one of them breaks out. Yeah, I was just going to say, should just keep all these 14-round guys and hope that one of them, like Devontae Parker might just like blow up next year. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be tough to miss the playoffs, right? Just off the top of the bat. Um, you can say that, but you can also have a situation where if you end up taking um, Saquon Barkley as your number one overall pick, like where that happens to him next year, or there's definitely a lot of situations where people drafted in like that Leonard Fournette uh, territory were not Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Uh, so, Carryon Johnson could go on IR like week five. Um, I, he's definitely in good shape. Though, I will say that just having like the extra second <clears throat> and third is really yeah. uh, what you want to be as a fantasy player. Yeah, so, he's gonna get back to his championship yeah. days. Um, second overall pick, we have Shane. Uh, in the draft next year, he's gonna also gonna have another extra second round pick and an extra eighth round pick. Uh, no five and nine for him though. Uh, potential keepers: um, <clears throat> Lamar Miller, fourteen; John Ross, fourteen; T.J. Hawkinson, fourteen; Noah Fant, fourteen; maybe Marquise Brown, thirteen; uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, eighth; Marlon Mack, eighth; and Kareem Hunt, seventh. So I think. Uh, Kareem Hunt, Marlon Mack are locks, right? I think Juju's a lock because he traded away like a lot for, yeah, for Juju at eight. Yeah, I was thinking like no one here is really tempting. Maybe like John Ross at fourteen. No, I mean if you have like at, at that point, um, I'd rather have like Marquise Brown than John Ross. Oh, true. Yeah, I forgot about Brown. Um, or potentially Hawkinson, but. I just don't think it's going to matter. Yeah, I, think I don't it's know. Marquise Brown at 13, I would take over Juju at, at 8. I, would, I mean, I would take both, right? Depends. I guess it depends how I feel about Brown more so than Juju. Yeah. Um, Shane's really high on him, so I can see that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the extra second, like I said, with Brian is also going to come in very handy. And I'm like pretty confident um, in like whoever Shane selects at that, at that pick. It's going to be uh, Derrick Henry, maybe? Or do you think Derrick Henry's a first rounder next year, based on what we've seen? He yeah, if right. he has he's like two have years of this back to back, then yeah. he will be. This, he always picks like Titans, right? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might pick Derrick Henry's second overall. That'd be so good. I mean, it's not unwarranted. It might happen. Um, yeah, I mean, another team set up um, good position. I think. I think the playoffs. Considering, like he also has Marlon Mack, Kareem Hunt, it's going to be starting now. It's like a very, very uh, legitimate team there. Uh, I think even more of a lock for the playoffs than Brian, actually, because of that keeper situation. But um, <clears throat> third overall pick we have going to Steve Foltz. Uh, his draft is regular. He didn't trade any picks away. Uh, his keeper situation is, I'm not really sure. I think Michael Gallup is a fifth-round keeper. And you can keep Dak Prescott at 14th, which I think, considering yeah, he's like those two top three quarterback, it's worth it. Other than that, it's like Bo Scarborough in the 14th round. <laughs> hey, he's been like 15 touches or more every week. Yeah, but he's, I mean, he was signed off the street, right? Like, you think he'd have a better plan at running back next season. Yeah, his name is Bo Scarborough. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, then, and then possibly Cornell Sutton in the third round, but I think that's too big of a reach. Um, I don't know. I think Sutton might end up being like wide receiver one next year, but we'll see what he decides to do with that. Yeah. So I mean, the fact that there's no uh, extra draft uh, picks for him early on 
It's just a matter of hitting your picks, which he hasn't really done last couple of seasons. Nope. Um, just gotta more importantly, like stop drafting stooly quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's like bad karma at this yeah. point. <laughs> um, fourth overall, we have Ant, um, who also did a lot of work in the regular season to get some good picks for 2020. He has an extra third round pick and a fourth round pick. He doesn't have his 11th and 13th. Um, his keepers might be Tyler, Lock- Tyler Lockett in the fifth round, Ronald Jones in the eighth round, maybe Nikhil Harry in the 14th, uh, and even more maybe Gerald Everett at 14. I don't know. I'm just, yeah, he's going to have two keepers next year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, I would take a shot at Harry, right? Um, I, I think it could work yeah. out there. But um, the extra three and four, if you're picking, uh, what is this, fourth overall, you you get like, you might like legitimately with Derrick Henry, like we said. Um, pick up a nice receiver at three, pick up a rookie running back at four, drop him by week two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I wish his keepers were better. Um but the uh, yeah, I'm sure so. He, so does he. It's a nice little boost there. This this can go a lot of ways. The third and fourth round picks, though, they're yeah. not as like solid as the second ones, especially in our league. Um, like, hopefully you get like. Remember, I was saying all year like Tevin Coleman fourth round pick, and I just like ended up dropping him. Yeah, he's, like, just <laughs> yeah I was gonna keep him in their league. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, I mean, you just like don't know with these yeah, like fourth happen. round picks. Um, gonna gonna have to draft very well to make. Um, Jeff Perez, fifth overall pick uh, next year. He's not going to have a second round pick <laughs> for all his <laughs> of not making yeah. the playoffs. So that that kind of backfired, and he's going to have an extra keeper, fourth though. round pick. Yeah, his keeper. I mean, that's that's why he doesn't have a second round pick. Um, DJ Chark, fourteenth round. Austin Eckler, tenth round, and then after that, like. Possibly Kyle Rudolph, Chase Edmonds, Auden Tate, all in fourteen. Um, uh, it'll be really would look really good here. Uh, Patrick, a uh, one Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, in, just. In <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you can you cannot have a second round pick. Just have Pat Mahomes as your yeah. quarterback to make up for it. But no, I mean DJ Chark. Uh, it's more like they had to keep Minshew, but yeah, it's it's more like him being a late round keeper for like multiple years and him being like a. Stud wide yeah, receiver exactly. you know, like so. It's not even like for next year. It's like for yeah, three it's years from now. Out. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Eckler, he's a RB one, right? Like a low end RB one there. So uh, you just gotta hit your, <laughs> you gotta hit your number one round one pick, and then hope for hope for the best with the rest. Yeah, um, John Paulino. After that, we have. Six. Where are we at? Six? Yes. Yeah. No, he's fifth. My bad. I'm well, six. Well, everyone above him should be in the playoffs, so he should be sixth. Today. Okay. So, John Plano did not make any draft trades, so he has his normal picks. His keepers are Philip Lindsay at 11, Kerry Kittle at 5, and maybe Debo Samuel at 9. Uh, I don't... Not much to look forward to there. I mean, you're getting Kittle slightly above value and Lindsay at good value. But you just got to 
I think John Plano is a good good draft drafting record considering he came in to our league with like nothing like build a formidable team. Yeah, no, for sure. So, um, good luck to you next year. Uh, next up is me. Uh, I'm not going to have my second round pick next year. I'm going to have an extra fifth round pick. My keepers are Terry Kill, John Brown, Dallas Goddard, maybe Josh So Allen, you would keep holding the second or fifth? Fifth. The fifth, okay. Yeah, these are all for what they're yeah, going to they be already projected. Uh, John Brown at six, maybe Goddard at 14, maybe Josh Allen at 14. <laughs> Damian Harris. In the eighth round. The eighth I can't round. believe. Wow. Why not? I mean, he's like the early round running back. He might be, or like Sony Michelle is just going to get all the snaps next year again, too. Uh, no, I don't think Sony Michelle is going to do anything next year. <laughs> uh, even more dark horse is Darwin, Darwin Thompson. Thompson He's the guy that I would actually legitimately think about, but we'll see. We'll see how it looks next yeah. season. Um, I, I don't know if we were supposed to be assigning like playoffs or no playoffs to these guys, but I think like Brian Shane uh, make the playoffs, and then. Possibly me. I don't think anyone else that we talked about before. Like, yeah, I mean, this is just based off like what you have. Like, <laughs> yeah, going in into it, the yeah. picks. So, yeah. um, and then Ilya, uh, he has an extra eighth round pick in the draft, but no fourteenth. And his keepers probably going to be something like Tyler Boyd in the tenth round, Damian Williams eleven, maybe Kenyon Drake, depending on what's going on with him next year in the fifth round. And would you would you keep um, Lamar Jackson in the fifth? You would, right? Uh, yeah. For reference, like I drafted Carson once in the fifth. Yeah, because if people are going to start taking quarterbacks in the third and fourth round, yeah, um, you're better off just having Lamar Jackson just waiting for you in the fifth there. Yeah, people are definitely so much so that just to make sure no one else gets him. <laughs> this was the last year of like picking, like classic, like pocket quarterbacks over like a yeah a running like, yeah like yeah. Josh Allen's gonna yeah. go ahead of Sky like Aaron Rodgers yeah. <laughs> yeah it's our world now old man yeah um not not a particularly good keeper situation I don't know about Damian Williams How he died solid, though, yeah Drake I don't know uh, ja- uh, yeah which Jackson is this Deshaun no Lamar. Oh, Lamar. <laughs> wow, we just talked about this guy. Uh, All right. <laughs> after that, we have John Edelman. He doesn't have his third, fifth, or 14th, but he has an extra fourth and two extra 13s. So his keepers are James Conner at 11, Nick Chubb at four, probably Aaron Jones in the second round. Yeah. Uh, and maybe, if not, any of those guys... Uh, Austin Hooper in the fifth. But yeah, he's just running it back. <laughs> yeah, I mean... He's hoping for better results. So, yeah, once again, his uh, running back situation is going to be set up. Um, so, his first two rounds is going to be receiver-receiver, you have to think. Um, and by the time he, he reaches the fourth-round pick, he might grab... Um, I don't know. What's his face? Mark Andrews from the... Yeah. <laughs> Ravens. So, I mean, once again, like, pretty well set up for next year as long as he has those keepers. After that, though, it's basically James Conner, and he has to start his crop of keepers from scratch. Yep. But I think he, he's a pretty good bet to make the playoffs again next year. Uh, moving on, we have UConn. Uh, you have an extra fifth and a ninth round pick, but you don't have an eighth and 13th. 
Um, besides Darren Waller at 14 and DK Metcalf at six round, I don't really have anyone for you. Is that basically yeah, correct I at mean, this point? Potentially, like, I think at the beginning of the season, I was going to like keep the New England defense, but I think I was just like fucking around mm-hmm. um, <laughs> by saying that. But no, besides that, like in, in a r- random world where like Madison gets like more playing time in Minnesota for some random reason, I don't really have anyone to yeah. to to keep now. Man, what are you gonna do? Extra fifth round pick. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty like I was going back to like what I was saying earlier, like in the one podcast about how many people we have from who we drafted in like those early rounds. Yeah. So I'm I'm just based on like how the last draft went with like Ezekiel Elliott is my first, Chris Carson, David Montgomery, DJ Moore, Marvin Jones. Larry Fitzgerald, like all those players contributed to my team like heavily throughout the way. So I would always like try to find those one through five round picks, extra ones, because I can find like good value on them. I couldn't get like Leonard Burnett in our league this year, but he was yeah. the one guy like I was telling you to like go out and get. Um, so I just think like finding the value there is really what makes or breaks um, people from making the playoffs and not if you don't have a stack keeper situation. Yeah. So I'm going to go in with two good keepers and try to uh, figure it out the other the rest that way. Do you think drafting well is more important than just, like, making the right transactions in the middle of the season? Or if you don't have to do those to begin with, then... I, I think it's so interconnected. Like, I had I had a purposeful strategy of being, like, I like I need this guy, I need this, I need this guy. But then as soon as, like, pick, like, my sixth or seventh pick came, yeah. I immediately went into, like... I'm willing to take a guy and immediately drop him like next week just to take a chance on a guy yeah. because I know my roster is going to turn over so much. But if you're someone who like is, wants to play it safer and like your seventh eighth picks are going to be people you're starting like long into the week, I think that plays into how you'll play free agency um, going on down the line. <clears throat> yeah, I'm always willing to, to turn shit over from the jump. So like my seventh through like twelfth picks are sort of not on my roster anymore, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I'm kind of more or less the same. Uh, I think I do generally draft or uh, drop people too early because then <laughs> you look back at a guy and you're like, oh, shit, I had him like week one. Like Jameson Crowder or something when he was like putting up 30 points. Yeah. You're like, damn, if only someone like drafted him. It's like, oh, wait, I drafted him and then just like dropped him because I didn't believe in him. So I feel I feel like you just got to be like one or two weeks more patient with guys than you have to instead of like dropping them too early, but to mm-hmm. each their own, I guess. Um, <clears throat> we... Next, we have Jimmy, um, who kind of, not really, but went out a little bit, went all out a little uh, this season. He doesn't have, a, riches. doesn't have a third or fourth round pick next season. He has extra 11 of 14. Um, but he has, like, a shitload of keepers to choose from. Um, Pat Mahomes at 11, I think that's a pretty definite one. Devontae Adams at 5. Alvin Kamara, if he's like 11th overall or like 12th overall, right? Right. Would you keep him with that pick? I would. Yeah, I would. So that's in contention. Um, Mark Andrews, uh, 7th round pick, maybe. Kenny Galladay, 6th round pick, maybe. Carlos Hyde, 14th round pick, um, depending on where he is next year, um, possibly. Will Disley at 14? I don't know, like, that's what I was thinking, but I, I dropped him because I didn't really believe in that too much. Yeah. So, and then Jordan Howard, fifth-round pick. I don't know if he's going to be on the Eagles or not. There's, like, a lot to choose from. And, yeah, I mean, you don't really need a third or fourth-round pick if you're getting such, like, good value from your keepers, if you're in Jimmy's case. So, 
Yeah, another playoff team there, I would I would bet. Um, last but not least, we can look at Mishi. Uh, he doesn't have a fourth round pick next year, but he has an extra 14th round pick. His keeper's not really clear. Um, maybe Deshaun Watson in the seventh round. Um, like I was saying before, maybe Mark Ingram in the first round. Like if he has like the, the last top overall pick, yeah. Yeah, that's you have to see where he is next year. Terry McLaurin of 14. Hopefully, Dwayne Haskins becomes like a real quarterback by then. And then the only other guy I was thinking was like Raheem Mostert. Yeah. He might end up being the starter if like Coleman. If all things go well, or it might just be on the bench for no reason whatsoever. Well, I think Reed is leaving and Coleman sucks. So, yeah. Might, hey, be, Eric, a, might be a starter there. Oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. Uh, damn, the 49ers are so many fucking running backs. Let me ask you a question. Who's winning this league next year? Um, am I looking at this right by saying I'm the only team in the playoffs that didn't like lose stuff? I like I gain things in terms of picks, um, so I'm setting myself up better for next year. Or because Jim traded away like a second round pick for Mahomes, that's not really the right way to look at that. Ilya has an extra eighth, but it's like a marginal. Yeah, it's an eighth versus a fifth. I guess yeah. was kind of. Um, yeah. Like, especially, I just think it's cool because I didn't come into this league with, like, good keepers this year. Like, I didn't have, like, John or Jim-type keepers. So, yeah. to be able to be in playoff position, uh, to score more points than one of them and two less than the other one. But then next year, I'm also um, adding in, like, an extra pick while they're, like, losing. I'm hoping that, like, starts evening out this, like, crazy keeper advantage they've had. Yeah. If what is evening out is that it's, like, Jimmy versus everyone at this point. Because yeah, there used because... to be... Like, I think I had a good keeper situation at some yeah. point, and, like, Johns is kind of running out uh, after it's, next year. But it's, like, with Jimmy, it's, like, no end in sight. Yeah. But, so it's, I don't know. I mean, we're already, we're already giving him, like, the championship this year, and it's, like, no one's really, he's already set up better than everyone else next year. So it's, everyone else has to basically step up, I guess. Yeah, or he could flame out. We'll see what happens. We said that about Josh at the beginning of this year. Um, all right. So with that, we're going to end the section on the 2020 predictions. As always, I want to say rest in peace, you Dane. Rest in peace, John Witherspoon. Um, for myself, I just wanted to say thank you to you guys for being our loyal fans and listening to our podcast each and every week, yep. supporting us, giving us feedback. Um, this is a really cool experience, and uh, I'm really glad it, it worked out the, the way that we did. I wonder if you wanted to end with something. Uh, no, yeah, just thank you for being a part of the best league in the world. Cool. <laughs> See you guys. Bye.